Welcome to Out of the Common. We're a brother and sister duo with extravagant goals where we've had to bridge the gap from perceived reality to actuality. I have an early stage mining venture potentially worth many billions, and Vanessa, she's an experienced healer. She connects the spiritual, energetic, and physical pathways within her functional wellness clinic. Join us here every week as we discuss some of life's adventures, current events, and ways in which true healing happens. By experiencing life through a different lens, you may indeed just find the path that's right for you. And that is what we hope to achieve. COVID madness. Are you guys ready for a change? Because we are. Today, we're going to discuss the disharmony COVID has created in our environments, in our communities, and within ourselves. We're also going to talk about how in which we move forward. So this virus and this pandemic that we're referring to it as has created so much dissonance between people. And truly, it's turned people against one another. The fear, the stress, the anxiety has turned all of us against one another rather than creating community and rather than allowing us to look out for one another and help one another. And that's one thing we want to talk about because it's really affected all of our lives. And, and many months ago, Chris and I sat down and chuckled a little bit because our our daily lives weren't changed that much by what's happened. And some people's have, but ours not so much. However, our lives are shifted by how everyone else around us is is acting. And especially it starts just with day-to-day life. It's the collective consciousness of the populace. Can we call it what it is? It's absurd. That's another part of it. So you have the interactions of people every day that have been changed, but then you have this energy that's all of the people's energy together that is greater, right? And that is affecting absolutely everyone. And I think, honestly, that's what's making people kind of just go crazy. Well, and the absurd part about it is that all this new human interaction is because everybody believes they're right. In their own head, everybody's correct. And herein lies the problem. With that, everyone is rationalizing what they're doing or who they're interacting with to make themselves feel better. So not only do we all think we're right and we're trying to prove a point, but then we're rationalizing what we're doing to make it seem okay. And that has created this crazy and strange interaction between people at the grocery store, as you travel, just with friends. And it's pulled people apart. I can't tell you how many people that I've spoken with don't even want to call their friends because there's nothing to talk about. Everyone's stressed. Everyone's anxious. Everyone's feeling blah. There's really no interaction and no, quote, normal interaction. And I know we're told that there will be no normal. We'll we'll have a new normal. I don't believe in that. I don't understand. A new normal is fine. Change happens. We're always moving forward. We can't go back. But it doesn't have to be an absurd normal. And I think that's what people are expecting. I recently had to travel for health reasons. And the first time I traveled, the airlines were just absolutely wonderful. You know, if you didn't have a mask, they said, we have one for you. We'll take care of you. This is what's happening with the planes. They were wonderful. And certain airlines are putting people with space and certain airlines are honestly just packing people into their planes. Well, that's part of the feeling safe. And here, here comes the dissonance part, right? Because you have to wear a mask coming into the airport from the time you leave to the time you sit down. Now you have to put your mask on in between bites or drinks of water, coffee, what have you, right? 
social distance all the way, and then let's pack you in the plane. Every seat is full. Okay, now <laughs> right. That's what doesn't that's what, anyone question this absurdity? That's what doesn't make sense. But you know, several months ago when I had to travel, it was everyone just seemed a little bit calmer and was able to handle everyone's stresses, interact with people. This last time I traveled everyone was at the end of their rope. I got yelled at for eating without having my mask up. You cannot eat with a mask up. That doesn't make sense. And she was just having a bad day and took it out on me for whatever reason. But that's also the absurdity is we, let's take airlines. We board the plane. They're boarding from the back of the plane forward, which honestly just makes sense. Should have happened from the get-go. It should have. Inconsistent. Years ago money-losing industry. Right. But then they're deplaning us five rows at a time, but then they just say, okay, everyone get up and deplane. And they ask us to socially distance while we're deplaning. We've literally been sitting like sardines in an, a plane. What's the need a to A metal tube distance? in the sky. <laughs> These things just don't make sense. They don't add right? up. They don't add up. And they're creating a lot of confusion and roadblocks in, in people's minds, which then is creating well, already has created this cancel culture. I mean, it's exponentially worse than what it used to be. Yeah, and now people are judging one another, friends, family members, colleagues, everyone. Everyone's, first of all, judging. But then we're judging one another based on what you say, what you think, what you're doing, what you're putting on social media. And now everyone's just canceling one another, which doesn't help the situation. Now we have negative on top of negative. Yeah, and we have no understanding. You've been friends for a long time, and maybe you're sick of hearing the same stuff from that individual because nothing is seemingly changing, but no one's trying to find common ground either mm. within these situations. You know, perfect love covers sin, right? And I say that because friends, neighbors, family, we should be building each other up, not tearing one another down. And we continue to do the same thing. 1 Peter 4.8 says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And so we need to get back to that. We need to get back to a common ground. We need to create unity. We need the positive change. We can't just be canceling everybody. We need respect. So we need to understand that people are coming from different viewpoints because of what has happened and transpired in their life. And so being quick to judge you're dismissing that one, only God judges. And also you're not allowing yourself to find that common ground. So I was listening to a podcast. It was fascinating. They had a rabbi, a pastor, and an atheist. And they were talking about all this stuff. Now, those are three very different viewpoints. And then the, the moderator is, I would say, pretty middle ground in terms of political views. But they all believe something different spiritually, yet they were talking about the craziness of the pandemic and respecting what each other had to say when it was different, understanding when there was common ground, taking that to talk about and grow upon. And they were kind of ripping on each other a little bit. They were laughing. It was really enjoyable. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we've lost throughout all of this is we're quick to judge, yet we're not understanding that there's so much common ground between all of us. On top of that, we lost all fun and entertainment within our conversations. No, I mean, it's cancel culture, right? But you can't just have different viewpoints and talk about something anymore. It has to be... It has to be an argument. Argument, very serious, you know, cut to the point. 
That's why people aren't having fun calling their friends and talking to their friends or or having family over and talking to them because everyone is just bah humbug in their situation. There's so much we can still do. But remember, negative attaches to the brain faster and stronger than positive. So to overcome negative or something that is negative in energy, we have to do something positive over and over and over to kind of pull us out of the sand, if you will. But yet when you feel, as you brought up at the beginning of this, the collective consciousness, everyone's energy, it can bring you down. It's very heavy and weighing. And so you have to kind of maneuver that and pull out of that a little bit. Think of it in terms of your garden, right? All the weeds that come up all the time, you have to continue pull them yep. every week or every other day or whatever it is, just to see your flowers or your vegetables continue to grow so they don't get snuffed out. It's the same thing that we have to do in this situation and moving forward. We have to do all these positive things. We have to take care of ourselves first, families and communities and neighbors, and we can all start to create this change. But the interesting thing for me is where this is all rooted. Yeah, me too. It's all rooted in fear. Fear is the bedrock of all negative emotions. I like this. It's the substance of things not hoped for and the evidence not yet seen. Please repeat that. It's the substance of things not hoped for and the evidence not yet seen. Opposite of faith? 100% opposite of faith. But what do we do? We feel this emotion sensation, which you'll get into the spirit of it. But then people get stuck and then their minds keep going. And that's the only story they keep telling themselves. And it's over and over and over. And there's a reason for that. But when we realize it's the substance of things not hoped for, it's easy to just step away. Say, hey, this isn't what I want. This isn't the road I want to go down. I actually want to hope for things and see things. And you're able to just turn 90 degrees and move forward. You're essentially manifesting the opposite. 100%. And the reason is, well, again, all negative emotions are rooted in fear. But with this, this all involves projection. And we can all admit that we have, we are, we do, we project our emotions, our thought process on everybody all the time. Most times it's not conscious, right? Mm -hmm. But then after you're projecting, you're, you're displacing. And with displacement comes avoidance. So back to what you just said, you're avoiding all of this stuff. You're avoiding all the good. Yeah. You're dis you're, but you're, you're also avoiding a good conversation, you know, that you can just have and enjoy. You're projecting all of your fears onto somebody, mm -hmm. all your negative emotions along with that. Or judgments. Or judgments, right? You're displacing it, and then you avoid it. Mm -hmm. It's like you just drop a bomb of shit. And run away. And run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which unfortunately is happening all the time. And another way to think about this with this displacement is fear and faith are competing for the same position, truly the same position in your heart. So think of two things that are competing for the same space. Let's go back to Chris's garden analogy. You have a plant you're trying to grow and you have the weed, okay? They're both competing for one space, okay, especially with their root system. They're competing for then light as they grow. They're competing for nutrients. And one eventually is going to win over, so the other one has to wither. Now, we can either pull the weed out, we can remove the fear once we understand what it is, or we can feed the faith, we can feed the flower, we can do everything we need to do to make sure the flower succeeds. 
That's what faith and fear are. So it's literally going for the same position. So which one, one, are you going to feed? And which one are you going to do something about? And I think when you understand where fear comes from, it's so much easier to do something about. Our mother was stuck in fear. Her feet were rooted in mud. That was fear. And she couldn't change until she she finally figured out why she was stuck and what was keeping her there. Once she did, she released, she opened, and actually, that's when everything cleared up and she went up to heaven. It was absolutely beautiful. But when you don't know what fear is and you don't know why you're held back or held down or why you're judging to such a degree, you just keep doing it. You know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so when fear creeps in, you have to check it at the door. So let's go back to that. The spirit of fear. You're saying fear is a spirit. Yeah. Okay, so fear is not an emotion. It's not something we just have. It's not a learned behavior. It's not something we are necessarily given. It's a flippin' spirit, a negative spirit. It is a negative spirit, but it can also be all those things you just mentioned because it keeps doing the same thing over and over. But get rid of it, understand that it's not of God, and start to move forward. And yes, it will come back. It will try to attack. Different situations, insecurities, you name it, it will come back. But now you have complete power over it, and you don't have to let it come back in. It can come to the door, and you can boot it boot it out. That's kind of the the definition of spiritual warfare, is once you realize kind of maybe what you're dealing with on, on that degree and level, you get rid of it, or someone helps you get rid of it. You recognize it, but it's always going to try to come back because it needs a home to live in. But you don't have to, you don't necessarily have those open doors and you don't have to necessarily allow it. So just because you had fear in some situation, i.e. all of us going through this pandemic across the whole world, doesn't mean we have to continue to move forward with the spirit. True. Not only that, let's go back to projection in the collective consciousness. There's some people that are more awake than others. There's some people that are currently transitioning. And there's still a lot of people that haven't made it there yet are extremely stuck. The wall, the cage goes up. They're not hearing any of it. They're not seeing things from a different perspective as far as what's actually going on behind the scenes or what could be, right? Because none of us truly know. But with that said, you have to check other people's fear at the door too. You have to understand and discern if it, it's even your fear. Is it my stuff? Or did that person just come and drop a shit bomb over here? And walk away like nothing happened because now I have a headache, a tension headache. Now I feel tight. Now I have anxiety, right? Now my heart's racing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just fine two minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very aware of that. But you can't get to that point until you recognize what it is. You release it from yourself. You choose basically the positive path. Then you can recognize if it's coming back, if it's yours or not, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to make mention of because until you recognize what it is, you can't figure out, is it yours or someone else's? But once you feel that lightness, once you feel positivity or you're encompassed in love or you just feel content, then you're able to recognize when something comes back and why. I mean, throughout this pandemic over the last year, to the point we're at now, fear has absolutely ruined people. It's not anything else. First, the spirit of fear is everywhere, right? It attacks mentally, emotionally. Now you're feeling 
all of the emotions that come with it, the anxieties that come with it. Now you're breaking down mentally. When you're breaking down mentally, and you know better than anyone. Uh, Are you saying I don't have any mental capacity? <laughs> no. <laughs> saying in the field that you work in and the people that you deal with and everyone that you've seen, you know, especially over the past year, how it's breaking them down physically as well. Right. It just starts shutting down the systems. It's affected us on a spiritual level, whether you want to admit it or not. And then we start to realize it, maybe mentally or maybe emotionally. And then eventually we feel it physically. And most of us don't do anything until we feel something physically. And what have you been seeing with all of your clients over the past year? I know it's progressed, but share some of the things and trends that you're seeing as far as relating it to fear and what it's doing. It's interesting you say that because usually there's trends throughout the year. When you work in a nutrition clinic, you just see kind of the same thing. You see back to school stress. You see kids get sick. You see, you know, same stuff happen in spring with allergies. You see people get dehydrated in the summer. It ebbs and flows like that. This last year, we didn't see any of that how we normally would, but we saw we were dealing with stress on different levels. And the interesting thing is stress cannot be measured, but only felt. Hmm, what does that sound like? <laughs> sounds like faith right? It sounds like, it almost sounds like God. You don't know how much stress you're under until it's not there. And so at first, it was just your normal stress that people were feeling a little bit heightened anxiety. Then it prolonged. So then mental capacity started to lower, but emotional capacity lowered. Then people started to get sick because they just didn't have any reserves. And now we're seeing it affect them mentally to the point that they cannot think they have no mental capacity to repair, then they're not sleeping, so they're not getting the repair. And now everyone feels blah, depressed, and down. The comfort food, so you have a gut-brain connection, the neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. your adrenals are working opposite, mm -hmm. shutting down or producing more cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all these... You're wired and tired and you can't repair. Yeah. And it starts spiritually and it ends physically, and now you're... A lot of these people are kind of drowning mm -hmm. and they don't know which way to go. Fear is the underlying issue, if you want to call it that, to everything we've already talked about, to why people are rationalizing. They're rationalizing because they're fearful, to why people are judging one another, to why there's this, there's this kind of insanity with how we have to live our lives. And, and truthfully, if you wanted to be so perfect with hygiene, you know, from all areas, from like your grocery hygiene to your driving hygiene to your interaction to just, you know, your gloves, washing your hands, you'll make yourself go freaking crazy. You can't do it. And I think that's what triggered everyone. It was we were trying to be perfect, got triggered, and then fear came out from underneath that. Then we get to the judging. Then we get to the people being frustrated and mad. And honestly, if we can get back to understanding that no one knows what the heck is going on. I don't care who you are, the president of the United States. No one truly knows what's going on because one, this virus hasn't actually been sequenced in full. It's been computer generated, sequenced. So that's not the same when you understand viruses. So what does that mean? They haven't sequenced the virus. They haven't isolated the virus. There's a lot of doctors. That means they don't know what the heck this is. But exactly. yet they're talking about it as if they do. That's why they called it a novel virus, meaning new. That's why when people started to get inflamed or there's inflammatory pathways, they didn't realize, oh, it could affect lungs or heart or this or that because 
they don't know. And so I think everyone would feel better if they say, hey, we don't truly know, but this is what we're finding out. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many people would just feel better? I know. It's like they what, could breathe what, deeply. What if but everyone's came? fighting because everyone thinks they know what's right. No mm. one knows. The only thing we know that isn't talked about often, you can enhance and modulate your own immune system. You can deal with your own stress and have an impact on your own stress and your own sleep and your own activity level and your own nutrition. That's a whole heck of a lot for making yourself feel good. I agree. So at that point, you and we together can break all this madness. And we can literally shatter this madness. Yeah. And it's not saying this doesn't exist or poo-poo anything, but know what you have control over. Do the research. Think critically. If you're listening to a governor or the president or whomever to tell you what you need to do, you're already on the wrong path, which is scary. And I know everybody looks to professionals, right? But you have to understand there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And just what you said, we can completely start taking care of ourselves. But when no one's a professional in this, truly. No, no one is a professional. No one's a professional in this. No one's an expert in this. I was just being diplomatic about it. I think it's all bullshit, to be honest with you. But But when no one is an expert in this, why are we listening to people who are just talking? I think that's part of the issue is talk, talk, talk and stress and fear. And then that's when you go to the grocery store and people turn away from you as you walk by them. What if they're all experts in psychological warfare? It's a good question. Right? What if we've been going through World War III for the past four and a half years? It's just not what everybody thought. It's a spiritual war. It's a psychological war. It's a silent war. You know, start to think about these things. I'm not saying it's true or not true, but with the virus that hasn't been sequenced and isolated, you got to start to wonder what they're testing for, right? And all this uncertainty creates all this fear. So your faith needs to jump in here somewhere or it doesn't. You're going to go one way or the other, but we're here to ask you and tell you that you can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. We can control our immune systems. Everything's been here that we need. Plants, food, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think when you understand what fear is and you're able to remove fear from your life, then you're able to really work on yourself. So you're able to su- support and enhance and feed your immune system. You're able to get fresh air. And if you live somewhere where the sun's shining, you're able to get sun, right? Healing. You're able to if possible, if you have no you know, asthma or anything else going on with your lungs, breathe deeply, maybe a little bit of exercise. There's so many things we can still do that it's like once fear takes over, everything's squashed and everyone feels like we can't do anything. It's like, man, you can go walk around your neighborhood. You can just walk outside and go, wow, this is beautiful. This do- is a gift. Look what I get to do. It is dreary outside here today. It is. And it's ugly. But you know what? We get to walk outside And that's freaking fun. I just heard a guy the other day. He said, if you're thinking too much, write. If you can't think and can't get your brain going, read. And these are absolutely some of the things that we can and should be doing. Mm -hmm. Reflecting, journaling, reading, you know, get your mind out of the the TV. I, I guarantee you turn the TV off and the virus turns off. Wow, what a novel idea that is. You're right in that we need to pull away from all of this heaviness that's around. We need to go do something for fun, go read for fun, maybe make it a 
an activity, if you're talking with someone, especially someone who's completely opposite of you, is like, where's the common ground? You know, people come in here to the clinic and I have people that tell me this is all fake. And I have people that are having anxiety attacks because they can't get their their shot. So we're, I have- There's shot of secret juice. I have both ends of the spectrum. (laughs) And it's not me for to judge. I don't care which way they go. I honestly don't care what people think. I'm here to help them from where they are. That's our common ground. I'm here to have a conversation and bring some lightheartedness to their day. And they're here so I can make them laugh a little bit. And to provide enough information for them to make an informed decision on what they want to do. Totally. But it's not for me to agree with them or disagree with them or say yay or nay, because who am I to say any of that? But my point is, I have people all day long that are totally opposite, different, red, white, and blue. And we have freaking fun. We have fun. And that's the whole point is maybe you make it kind of an adventure, choose your own adventure of, hey, everyone I interact with today, I want to try and find some common ground. Because if you look at it that way, 90% of, of what you think, feel, and do is common with that person. Absolutely. We have more in common than out of common. Yes. But the differences are so heightened. And everyone, honestly, people don't feel good and they're run by fear that they just want to argue. Everyone just wants to push each other's buttons. And show how right they are. When you can step away from that, you step out of this, I'm going to call it a matrix for right now, and you don't even have to deal with it. And Mm. it's so freeing. Yeah, just... It feels so good. Step out of the forest to see the trees. Right. And analyze from that point of view. Mm -hmm. I saw a guy posted something the other day, and it was all positive, and he posts it every day. And he says, go out with a smile and give it to somebody else. And that's, you know, that's a good idea. Like, kind of like what you just said, make it a game. You know, within your interactions uh, during your daily life, make it a game. We have to have faith in this situation, in these situations in general, because without it, we're all going to be lost in fear and it's going to take a toll on our bodies. It's not worth it. None of this is worth it. No. I think that's that's kind of the underlying point. Let's get back to love, compassion, understanding, not only for your community, your neighbors, but yourself right now, let's just step back and reevaluate on an individual level. Not everybody can be screaming at the top of their lungs. If those people want to scream, let them scream. You step back and do what you need to do. Thank you for listening. Join our community at outofthecommon.net and pass along a prayer and positivity today.